Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm your host, Christopher Didian, and today we have Adam McChesney with us, which he is the owner and partner of Height Digital, which is a digital marketing firm. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm good, Chris. How are you? I am definitely great. Looking forward to talking about everything that has to do with the marketing side of the entrepreneur world, personal branding, and everything that you guys do at Height Digital. But before doing so, I gave a small introduction of who you are and what you do. Do you mind unpacking that a bit more for our viewers and listeners? Yeah, of course. And so, as you mentioned, Adam McChesney, I'm based in St. Louis, Missouri. Grew up about five minutes from where I live right now. So Missouri uh, through and through, went to college about two hours away. So always been pretty close to home. My background, I was in the medical device sales industry for five years up until July 2020 and got into digital marketing on the side back in 2018, was looking for ways to make money online. So it was kind of a side hustle. I built up a bunch of case studies for about a year and a half. And then obviously we all know what happened in 2020 with the pandemic took an opportunity because I was traveling so much. I was never able to really grow my side hustle business. And with the pandemic, cooped up in the home, able to spend more time, energy, and resources on it and started to grow it from there. Within about six weeks, we had just bought our dream home in May. And then six weeks later, I'm like, hey, I'm quitting my job, all the security and, and betting on myself. So did that. And we've really grown ever since. Largely, my agency has grown on the back of my personal brand, which we can kind of dive into that. But right now, we're a full service agency. So I ended up merging my company with Height Digital. Um, so I'm an owner partner over there. We're the only agency in the space that operates in a franchise model. So we have all the resources and the great things that come with working with a large marketing company, but we have that local customer service, account management support. Now our clients are all over the world at this point. So I don't have to just be here in St. Louis, but I have the backing that allows not only our clients to scale, but me as a marketing agency owner to scale as well. So we do everything from web design, logo branding, search engine optimization, paid advertising uh, on all platforms. Beautiful. So that is very interesting, and we're definitely going to unpack that whole background story in regards to uh, how you left the corporate world, especially at a very interesting time uh, within society with the global pandemic, and in fact that you know you invested in a dream home and all that stuff. But before doing so, let's talk about the um, the digital world and the personal branding. You kind of alluded to that you were able to leverage your own personal brand to grow this business. Can you unpack that a bit more before we go into the nitty gritty of what it takes to have a great personal brand? and how to grow it uh, within a business. Yeah, absolutely. So in medical device sales, I worked for a company called ResMed. We were the number one manufacturer of CPAP equipment in the entire world. There was really only one other competitor. 
So I was really good at positioning our product and service and providing value and supporting those accounts. But I really had one competitor that I had to be better in. I went into digital marketing and there's hundreds of thousands of options when it comes to what we do, right? So I had to find a way to market myself and sell our products differently. And so the way that I did that was through personal branding, primarily with Facebook in the beginning. And then since then, I've done it organically on Instagram, LinkedIn, and all the other platforms. And the, the thought process behind it is that we all know, for the most part, if you're on social media, you get cold DM'd by a lot of people that don't know who you are. And they're just trying to sell you something, whether you actually need it or not. Digital marketing specifically is notorious for that. And if you go to most digital marketers' Facebook pages, you're going to see basically a cold sales pitch, a show up and throw up, and you're probably going to get a DM from that person saying, hey, we can grow your business, et cetera. So I position my content to reflect only about 10% about digital marketing and 90% about what it is to be an entrepreneur, the ups and the downs, life. Uh, I recently became sober about 70 days ago. I opened up about that. So just being real and vulnerable through all of my content, I post twice a day, every single day. And I do it based on content that my end user, the ideal client wants to see. And because I do it that way, they are able to connect with me on a different level than just, hey, that's Adam, the digital marketer. They connect with me on the level that, hey, Adam is another human that understands what it's like to run a business, that it, uh, that understands what it's like to be a married husband and have to try to manage both your relationship in growing a family while also growing a business. And I just talk about things that most people won't talk about. And it resonates really, really well in a very saturated market. Okay. I love the way you just explained that. I want to unpack it and highlight it for viewers and listeners here. The way that you kind of associated the norm, or let's call it even not to be very frank here, but the lazy approach of marketing, which like you kind of alluded to that cold pitch, somebody adds you on LinkedIn and all they're doing is they're copy pasting a message. They're not even looking into who you are or not showing somewhat of an effort. Everybody receives that. And listen, some of them work. I understand the fact that some people are putting the energy out there. But I do believe there is a difference between quantity and quality, and there's other ways to go about it. And the best way that you kind of alluded to, which is something that me and my team do as well, and I'll tell you in a second, is that you're able to look at your personal brand and be like, all right, cool. I am somebody that sells products. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with selling products, bro, because when you're selling something, you're helping somebody else with something that you offer that somebody needs. Now, there's a way to go about it. And for you, the way to go about it is looking at it within a structure of percentage and be like, you know what? 90% of things I want to do is talk about entrepreneurship, talk about my personal life, talk about that I'm sober, talk about my family, my struggles, my reality as a human being, because everybody has that. And then the 10% of time is, hey, by the way, guys, if you're interested in marketing, I have a company that does that. We could definitely help you out with that. It goes so much smoother because you're bringing massive value. And that's the way that my team has kind of structured with my stuff as well. We look at it in percentage of, I would say 60% of the things I put out there is to educate and entertain, edutainment, I call it. Then you have a 30% yep. of, I try to show them me as a professional speaker, what my career is as a coach. Then I have another percentage is my personal life. And then I would say, just like you, a 10% of call to actions, certain videos are specific of like, hey, I'm a professional speaker. If you guys want to hire me for your co conferences or to come into your Fortune 500, that's what I do. Or if you want executive one-on-one -on -one coaching, that's what I do. That's the way to kind of go about it. And I'm glad that you're telling me this because 
I don't think I'm a I'm a marketer as in profession, but I definitely do it to grow my business in a very uh, deep way. So my question to you, now you kind of alluded to that. What would you suggest for people to do on the 10% of time, which is the actual trying to sell something that will resonate still better than that cold approach? So if somebody wants to put themselves out there, that 10% of time we're talking about, how to do it different that is not pushing something down somebody's throat? So it's storytelling that that's the key aspect is so everybody loves a good story. They don't want to be sold, even though that they likely know that they need our products and services. They don't want to be sold. So what I do is I will use client success stories. I will talk about different things that are going on in our business, promotions, et cetera. But I always tell a story with it. So, for example, I'll tell a story about a recent client success story where he started with us six months ago. He had been through a couple marketing agencies, never had the transparency that we have been able to provide, all of these other things. But I, I walk the person that's reading that through an entire story. And so that way they can then get connected with Chris, who's the business owner that's been working with us. And they can start to resonate to be like, man, I, I've been in, I was in Chris's spot. You know, I'm in Chris's spot right now before he signed up with Height. And wow, over the course of the last six months, We've been able to grow their comp or he's been able to grow their company 10x. And it's awesome because I want that too. And so I always tie a story and tell it in that format versus, hey, we 10x Chris Chris's business and now he's off to the races and hopefully he can sell his company like he wants to do 10, you know, in five years, right? So I just position it always everything that I do is telling a story. I love that. I truly love that because I truly believe that the base of human experience is through storytelling. If we look at our great, 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 great ancestors sitting around a fire. How did you transfer information or not transfer, but like transfer information is through storytelling. And those stories are really important for survival. If somebody that's elder, that's a hunting or a hunter, he used to tell me, Hey, doing this X, Y, and Z, be careful from this animal is through the story that you would learn. So once you're in that position, you could protect yourself. So we've always been storytellers and you're absolutely right in that regard. Uh, now, Adam, so you're saying that obviously, you know, you have some great examples over here, some great success with everything you mentioned uh, with the growth of your business. Do you specifically work with particular clients? Do you have a niche clientele that you work best with or you market best towards or you kind of are good with working with anybody? What's your expertise and how do you go about approaching uh, that aspect? Yeah, so our expertise is mostly working with contractors and home service type businesses. So we work with remodelers, roofers. Uh, we, we have a very interesting niche in junk removal and dumpster rental companies, tree services, et cetera. And then we also work with service-based businesses in a local format. They might have one location, they might have 10, but that could be lawyers, dentists, chiropractors, et cetera. Essentially, the way that I look at it, Chris, and what I tell people is if like we're connected, right? So we normally have people that we know for whatever we need. But for the average person, if that person is going to Google to make that initial search to find that product or service, that's where we can be of benefit. Most of our clients are doing search engine optimization, Google ads, maybe with a little bit of Facebook, but that's our bread and butter. Love that. I love that you highlighted that. And as we switch it into some personal questions in regards to when you were in the corporate world and going up that ladder and then switching to entrepreneurship, I do know, and I could guarantee it, 
that a lot of people probably around you thought you were crazy, uh, leaving money on the table, especially that you bought a new property. Talk to me a bit about that transition, because there's some listeners over here that are potentially thinking about starting something, maybe had a side hustle like you for years and years, but haven't took that leap. What did that take for you to take that leap? And what was that that aspect of like, all right, cool, I could do this and not repress what you're feeling and calling out of practicality. So what was that aspect for you like? Yeah. So I always wanted to be in medical device sales from the time that I found out that I was really even a thing. And from there, I was a college athlete. A lot of college athletes that I had played with had all if they got into sales, they got into some of that stuff. And so I got into ResMed at a very interesting time. They created a new entry level role that essentially you were going to be in that role for three to five years, do well, and you would be promoted into a key account manager. Well, nine months in, I was 26 years old and the guy ahead of me in St. Louis left. And so there was a void and they were kind of like, hey, this guy's 26 years old. I was 10 years younger than the next youngest key account manager, but they saw a lot of potential in me. So I interviewed for the job over and over again, ended up getting it nine months in. So I went from making $75,000 a year to $200,000 in my first full year of being a key account manager, which is a massive jump, a lot of money at 26 years old with relatively no bills at the time. Back in 2019, I ended up getting married. And so I started to, you know, once I had already got the initial promotion, I started looking at what was next and thought about the future of of my family, right? As I was getting married and I looked up the totem pole and the way that I was going to be able to make more money was either working more hours or getting a promotion, which was working more hours more responsibility, traveling more than I already was. And I didn't want that. I didn't want someone to tell me that I, Hey, Adam, you have to be across the country for the next five days because the company needs you there. And you're going to miss your kids sporting events. I, I didn't want that. So to kind of wrap this all together, when the pandemic happened, I, I was already in a position doubling down because I said, 2020 was going to be my year that I was going to leave corporate America. Now I had a three month head start because I was already working more hours in the business and it was in a great position by the time the pandemic hit. So as I made that transition, I was confident, or so I thought at the time that I had everything that I needed in order to make this a success. But everybody really other than my wife thought I was absolutely crazy. And even she thought I was crazy. I mean, some days I still think I'm crazy too, right? But I knew deep down that I'm the type of guy that Sometimes I just need to have my back against the wall and I need to be able to have a next level in something in sight that I can chase after and know that it's a do or die situation. So I create these little situations, not that intense anymore, but these little things in my life, like getting sober, for example, like I want to challenge all the time. Right. And so making that transition, it was walking away from the money, the security, working for an incredible company, like an amazing company. But people thought I was crazy. And then people thought I was even crazier when a month in, I started posting twice a day on social media after not posting for years about anything that was relevant. And so I got a lot of backlash from friends, family, people talking behind my back. It was getting back to me. So I had to overcome a lot of obstacles that, you know, you, you think those people are in your corner, but they're not. And so, man, it was, it was a tough 
it was a tough six months, like really the whole end of 2020. I mean, it was, it was pretty brutal from that regard. Man, first of all, thank you for your honesty and your transparency. I truly love what you're mentioning because there's a lot of things that are you're highlighting that everybody goes through when they become entrepreneurs at a very high level. And one of the things that you're alluding to is a crab in the bucket aspect, right? If you put two crabs or more in a bucket without covering the bucket, they're never going to go out. They can't. They try to go out. One of them tries to go up and then one behind them grabs them and pulls them down. And that's the ideology that happens when you're doing things differently. That's not quote unquote air quotes here, the norm of what society has told us, which is get your nine to five, get a kid, picketed fence, wife, and all that fun stuff. But if you're doing something different that people are not used to, and the only thing that creates is it reflects their own insecurities and fears, and they project it back on you. So that's what it is. You just have to be empathetic toward the people that are potentially saying these things. They have nothing with Adam. They have nothing with Christopher. These are given names. They're just afraid of their own thing. So once you're able to look at it within that perspective, then you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is a different light. This is a different game. And then as you level up, you start hanging around with people that think the same way as you, that have the same mindset and that have that, that growth mindset, that growth thing within the business and so on. So Adam, I love the fact that you alluded to that. Now, one thing I wanted to highlight that you kind of mentioned here is the fact that you're sober. Now, why I want to allude to this, uh, before being a professional speaker and a uh, top tier uh, business uh, peak performance coach, I was first graduated as a fireman, went in that industry, then realized I needed to be an entrepreneur. So I went to the brokerage, started 16 quite well, and then left brokerage to be a speaker because I had an opportunity to go on stage. And from that moment on, I knew this is what I had to do for the rest of my life. So exactly like you, everybody around me thought I was crazy. I thought myself I was crazy, but I knew that that's what I had to do. Now, once that transition happened or was happening even before, I significantly increased and changed certain rituals and habits within my life. A lot of them was certain things like working out more, diet, waking up at 4 a.m., meditation, uh, reading books every single day, so on and so forth. And one was significantly diminish, almost erase the quantity of alcohol that I was drinking. Now, it never was a you know big drinker. I was a social drinker. But once I stopped it, I realized how much in society in my personal business world, it was ex accepted and even expected for you to drink at networking events, family functions, taking a glass of wine. And then once I started saying no, I realized a lot of people were getting mad at me, literally like, hey, bro, why aren't you drinking? We're at it. We're here. Oh my God, we're having a supper, just a glass of wine. There's nothing wrong with that. And then you start seeing these discrepancies. As I started drinking a lot less and literally drinking five or six times a year. And I truly do love like a great glass of scotch, enjoying it. But I diminished that. I saw some great returns, first of all, my health, mental uh, state, and within my business. So I want to ask you, Adam, what are some of the results that you saw, negative and good, of stopping to drink? How much were you consuming before? And what are the results within your business and personal life, the fact that you are sober now? Yeah, great question. And, and we have a lot of similarities in what you're talking about. So I always love connecting on that, right? So I'll start with the negatives. So the negatives was literally in the first month that I decided to do that, I was in my best friend's wedding. I went out to a conference where we were the 
VIP sponsors in San Diego where they were literally serving alcohol starting at 11 a.m. every single day. I went to a concert. I had my birthday and we had already had a party scheduled with like 30 plus people. So I'm very fortunate that all of that stuff happened in a short period of time because it gave me the confidence that now I know I can overcome all of that stuff. So obviously I got the questions on like, why did you do it? Can't you just go back to drinking one or two drinks and and kind of just pace yourself? I was never the type of guy that was drinking every single day during the week or waking up and being like, hey, I needed you know to drink. It was more so that I would wait for the weekends, but it was the amount that I was drinking on the weekends that was having effect come Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, that wasn't allowing me to really show up the way that I knew that I needed to do because I've been, I look at it this way. I've been doing all the same stuff since August really of 2020 that I'm still doing today. Now it's intensified as we've grown, as I've grown all these different things. But for so long, I was personally with my personal brand and entrepreneurship so far ahead of my company. And earlier this summer, it kind of started to have a pendulum swing because I'm bringing on A players, our team's growing. I mean, we went from a zero, basically $0 in revenue to a seven-figure digital marketing company in 15 months. That normally takes companies much longer than, or much bigger than myself, like five to 10 years to be able to accomplish that. So all of those things were happening a week before I decided to get sober. I was speaking at a conference in Costa Rica. And so speaking has been a very big thing for me this year, I've spoke on 11 or so stages, but up until that point, it had only been like four or five. And I was speaking on stage on a panel. And before that, Jesse Itzler was on stage, Damon, John, Kevin Harrington, some really big names. And I looked and I'm like, that's where I want to go. I know I can do it, but I know that they're not also acting the way that I act, you know, on the weekends. Maybe they are, but probably not to the to degree that I was doing it, right? So I knew I needed to change. So now to the positives. Since becoming sober in September, we had our largest month ever. Like by far, we grew 20% from August, which is end of August is when I decided to become sober. Since then, I've gotten four speaking opportunities all throughout the rest of these uh, next two months. So I'm literally leaving uh, on Saturday to go to Nicaragua, which starts a crazy two-month travel spurt. Uh, I just got verified on Facebook for with the blue check mark, which now everybody's reaching out, all the people that were like, hey... I never understood why you were doing all this stuff. Now, you know, now it makes sense, right? And just personally, everything from my relationship to my wife, to me waking up in the morning and being excited about my mission and my commitment and my purpose in life, like everything is starting to connect and seeing it clearly. I just wake up with a different fire. I wake up at 4 a.m. every single day too. I go to the gym. I start working out. I do my meditation. I read. I do the sauna. I do all that stuff. But now it just makes sense. Let's go. I love that. I love that. And I love the fact that you kind of highlighted, and there's something I want to say here, and I've mentioned it before, uh, and our community knows this, but habits are not created. They're not deleted. They are replaced. So you replace the habit of, let's call it binge drinking on the weekend, and that affecting the first part of your week, which is huge, and then restarting that whole cycle week in and week out, then becomes month in and month out, and then quarter in towards, hey, how can I stop this? What do I need to do? What do I need to add towards meditating, towards the 4 a.m. workouts, towards X, Y, and Z, which replace a bad habit and increases 
positive momentum moving forward. So Adam, man, it is clear that you are a successful individual. Your business is doing great. You are going on more and more stages. And there's a lot that we could learn from that, just like we're doing right now. But I truly believe that we learn so much more from our failures and our difficulties. Now, my next question to you is, what is something within your business that is going a bit more difficult or challenging or even failing at? And how do you go about looking at it to change or fix that problem? Yeah, so really the growth of our company came from my personal brand and also me doing all of the selling. And so I realized I was spending so much time working in my business instead of on my business where I really needed to be in terms of creating all the processes and systems driving for forward our core values, managing and leading our team. So about three months ago, almost around the time that I became sober, I brought on a director of client success that has now taken over our sales process. So that has been our biggest bottleneck to continuously grow without me being in the company. Because as I mentioned, I'm all over, I'm traveling, I'm doing all of these different things. So we were always maintaining where we were at if I wasn't focused on selling, but we were never able to grow. So it was a business, but it was never a business that was gonna be able to grow and scale without me. Now I have a director of client success that that's kind of our next big bottleneck. Um, you know, I'm pouring into her, training her, doing all of that stuff. But being able to grow and scale without it being dependent upon me has been a thing that I have been battling since the beginning. And every single time I remove something from my plate to be able to delegate, automate, and then elevate, we find something else that I could be doing better and better. We just hired an, an intern that started last week to take over a bunch of my social media stuff to at least the planning side of it. Because a lot of the stuff I'm you know, posting on Facebook and we're repurposing it on all the platforms, but every platform has its own algorithm and we need to pay attention and, and organize stuff that way. So, But I had been doing all of that myself. So everything that I've been doing that's been so successful is also now a bottleneck, which it's a more of an ego thing, me trying to you know pull away from that. It's like my baby. And you know that that's to be, to answer your question, those two things have been the biggest bottlenecks and struggles within our business. I love that you mentioned that once again, and thank you for your authenticity, because that is something everybody faces as an entrepreneur. Once they get to that success level, once you're in that top six figure, seven figure in your business, and not a lot of people talk about it. It's essentially putting the systems and processes in place and allowing your team to, to, to take over a new step back. And that's an ideology that Michael Gerber talks about quite eloquently in his book, The E-Myth, is are you the entrepreneur, are you the manager, or are you the actual worker? And what you were saying is that you were actually working in the business instead of on the business. And then once you put the systems and processes in place, Adam could go travel the world and give speeches in Nicaragua and have fun, but then sales are still happening. And it's not only associated with your brand and your personal brand. And disassociating both has to be something to juggle with and both funneling together at the same time as well. So I love the fact that you kind of alluded to that because that is something that we should be aware of and work toward. Uh, Adam, I mean, I truly love this conversation here and we could definitely go on for hours and hours. Uh, but I want to be constant for your time here. The last thing that I have to ask you is after hearing this great conversation that we had, people are going to be interested to connect with you and get to know you and see how they could potentially work together with you, with your marketing company. Where's the best place that they could get in touch with you and your team? 
Yeah, so two different places. One, if you're looking for social media, that'll be on Instagram. So my handle is Adam L. McChesney. That's M-C-C-H-E-S-N-E-Y. And then you can also go over to AdamMcChesney.com where you can find all of my social links, find information about our company, see some videos, things like that, and get all the information that you need. Adam, thank you very much. Everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below. Awesome job once again. Congratulations for all your success. And it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. It was a great time. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.